Boston, it's Celtics Express, where we bring you the latest in the quest for Banner 18. It's the Prince of the Parquet, the Captain of Causeway, the Governor of Green. Oh, wait, really? He quit? Okay, then. Here's your host, Jay Corwin. Yes, 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 dry off. Come on in. Welcome to Celtics Express, the only place for you to find the numbers, sound, and all the NBA pomp and circumstance you desire in under 20 minutes. Welcome to season number two of Celtics Express. As always, I am your host, Jay Corwin, along with our producer, Teddy Tuhat, and our cast of characters in the NBA know. See, we're a bit different on this podcast. No slow starts, no analyzing my best friend's dreams, no crutch small talk for the host. We dig deep. We do so with pace, with recaps and previews several mornings a week during the season. Keep track of us on iTunes, OTG Basketball, Blog Talk Radio, and of course, Celtics Express on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you on social media. If you're returning, welcome back. If this is your first time, welcome aboard. As the Celtics host the post-apocalyptic LeBronless Cavs at the Garden in preseason tilt number three Tuesday evening. On this journey into the Celtics beat, we'll take a look at some of the top storylines heading into the Boston quest for 18 and 18. We'll be joined by one of the city's hardest Celtics hitters momentarily. But first, let's put one thing to bed. Kyrie Irving doesn't think the earth is flat, or does he? Speaking at a Forbes Under 30 Summit in Boston Monday, in typical Irving fashion, we still don't really know how he feels. At the time, I was like huge into conspiracies. Everybody's been there. (laughs) Everybody's been there like, yo, what's going on with our world? You know, like you click the YouTube click and it goes like how deep the rabbit hole goes. I'm sorry about all that, you know, for all the science teachers, everybody coming up to me like, you know, I got to reteach my whole curriculum. I'm sorry. I apologize. He still didn't come out and say he believes the earth isn't flat, just that there are some things that should be saved for more intimate conversations. All right, we welcome in Sean Silver from 98.5, the Sports Hub Celtics studio host and new father. Sean, congratulations. How's everything going? You excited for another season here on Celtics Express? What's good, my friend? I'm uh, excited for another season. It it feels like the summer flew by to me, Um, but that probably has a lot to do with being a new dad. You know what that's like. Absolutely. It really does. It feels like the NBA is just a nonstop beast all year long, and and to that point, it just uh, seems like it's starting right back up again. And no complaints here, of course, uh, for any of the Celtics fans. It's going to be a fun run. Some major key points we want to hit on quickly here. Uh, as we go into this new season, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, their health coming into the season. Your kind of thoughts on that? Well, you know, we've seen a couple of post, or excuse me, preseason games. Uh, these guys, Kyrie Irving, looking sharp, uh, you know, looking very fit, got a new hairdo, and uh, <laughs> his game really doesn't look like it's changed in, in any way. Gordon Hayward, I think right now we're just excited to see him getting reps. The fact that he shot, I think, uh, three out of 14 to the first two preseason games, you know, is, is really kind of irrelevant. There's a guy, you know, he's his shooting will uh, find its rhythm, but the fact that he can impact the game in a lot of different ways, um, you know, a lot of people are saying that that was a chase down block that he did. Uh, he <laughs> jogged back. Uh, he was in defensive position and he made a very nice play, but the, the fact is you get a you get a rep under your belt, that, that kind of uh, athletic play where you land and you say, okay, I did that, cross that off my list, keep doing it every game. So with Hayward, you know, his passing is going to be an impact for this team, his uh, ability to drive, his ability to shoot from the outside, and 
also his defense. He's a great two-way player, and to get that defensive presence back, be able to slide your feet, uh, move laterally the way that you want to, it's just going to be, you know, reps. I, I think they're they're going to try and take it easy with him and with Kyrie um, as as this preseason goes along. But just get these guys confident in their bodies as we head into a long season. Yeah, I think I speak for most Celtics uh, fans, Sean, when we were watching him in that opening game, kind of like uh, watching your son play in, a, in his first T-ball game, just on eggshells, uh, just hoping everything goes as planned. And I think he is the kind of player um, with his high IQ that can kind of fit in where he gets in until all that athleticism comes back. So real quickly, another story with Kyrie Irving heading into the season. Of course, he seems to be the king of semantics, Sean. He, he'll never quite say, I want to be in Boston. He'll say... Uh, it'll be tough to leave. And, and and we've been playing these word games for months. We did get a big break last week when he spoke so highly of the organization, referred to maybe someday his number being up in the rafters. Does that uh, cast any kind of shadow on this on the Celtics team heading into the regular season? Yeah, I mean, going back to last year when he had the injury, you saw the ascent of Terry Rozier. I mean, I, I say it all the time, point guard is the deepest position in the NBA. Yep, it's yep. probably one of the... Uh, easiest positions from which a player can make an impact due to the way that the game is structured and due to the way that the rules are. Um, so you see Rozier blow up and you kind of say, oh, Kyrie Irving, you know, kind of injury prone. He's going to want a lot of money. We got this, we got this young kid and, you know, they got Marcus Smart too. But uh, the fact of the matter is Kyrie Irving is the superstar of this team. He is the number one. He is the personality. He is the guy who has won the NBA championship. So you, you put all those things into the pot, and, uh, you know, you just got to kind of play the game with him. I mean, if you're going to be a fan of this team and you want superstar players on your team, it can't be that, you know, grit grind little engine that could Celtics team of four or five years ago when you had a bunch of nobodies and no real expectations. So with Kyrie Irving, is going to come a little bit of, you know, will he, won't he, uh, with regard to his status for going forward. I mean, He's saying all the thing, the right things right now. Um, I think if, if they had their druthers, most Celtics fans want him here. I would say the wide majority of Celtics fans would want him here because he makes your team elite. He makes your team, you know, able to contend, and uh, you have confidence with that guy in a playoff setting. And that's what the Celtics want to do over the next next half decade with regard to Kyrie Irving's future. Um, like I said, he's saying the right things now. Uh, really all it's going to take, I think, is that they just show them the money, Rod Tidwell style. So I guess Celtics fans just have to deal with it, doing his best Lindsey Graham impression here. Sean says, boys will be boys. Uh, ACC country down there in South Carolina. Jason Tatum out of Duke, his second season. Huge expectations, obviously, heading into the season and the precipice of superstar status. Uh, what can we expect from him, and should we expect a huge jump? I don't know if we can necessarily expect a huge jump in terms of the numbers, you know, on basketballreference.com or if you're real old school like me, the, the NBA hoops or skybox basketball card. <laughs> um, but, you know, here's a guy who uh, the, the maturation is clearly going to continue. Last year, for me, the biggest question was, is this supporting cast legitimate? You have your three all-star players, but the way the Celtics were going to push themselves over the top was if that supporting cast was was able to, to buoy the boat. And uh, Jason Tatum showed that not only was he a buoy, he was a guy who has an incredible ceiling. Uh, as far as the construction of this year's roster, though, he's not going to be asked clearly to do as much as uh, he had to last year in the playoffs because there's just more bodies there. And 
and that's the big thing about this team. They have an incredible bench unit. I feel like Jason Tatum might be featured as a part of that bench unit at some time. Uh, we saw in the Charlotte game on Sunday night, he got some minutes out there with Morris, Tice, Smart, and Rozier. Uh, he hit three three-pointers in that second quarter. They had their best run of the game, and the team tacked on 40 points in the second quarter to take control of the contest. So, uh, you, you know, that's that's a way that Tatum can thrive. And among the starting lineup, it's just going to be about you know, learning how to share the basketball. Uh, I think he can, he can benefit from that approach. I mean, he's not going to go out and score 20 points a game for this year's team. But he really gives them another weapon and an ability to score in different ways. Uh, there's a lot of versatility on this team, both offensively and defensively. And uh, Jason Tatum's just going to continue to to grow and potentially really help the Celtics team over the top. Yeah, I think his biggest challenge won't be physically, but mentally, as the as the roster is so much different, kind of uh, changing the way he's playing. I don't think he has to carry the load. Uh, quite as much this season and to that point Jalen Brown I think his minutes obviously will be affected as the as they say the sludge rolls downhill something like that so this the second unit I think is going to be a major factor and you know I'm not going out on a limb here this has been a major talking point a very good second unit Uh, but will everyone stay happy it's such a fine line it looks like a utopic kind of roster right now we go in everybody's happy but will those guys uh, down at 8, 9, 10 who could possibly start at some places in the league, Sean, will they continue to be happy? That's a good question. The bench with attitude. And, you know, a lot of it is night in, night out what the needs of the team are, what the matchups are. Uh, will Aaron Baines be starting alongside Al Horford? Man, he so, looks good. Man, he yeah, looks yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. And he's hitting threes again. I, I mean, mean, he's switching on Kemba Walker on the, on the perimeter. He's staying with him. His footwork, like, he is... Uh, He's a very versatile guy to have. I really love his game. Who would have thought when I saw that report come across the wire that uh, Aaron Baines would be able to contribute to this team the way that he has? Sure. Um, So, you know, night in, night out, whether Baines is deployed in that starting unit or the bench unit definitely affects the flavor of, you know, what you're getting there. And, you know, then long term, I I really look at at Marcus Smart and, uh, you know, kind of, I, I guess some might say lavish contract that, you know, they gave a guy who shoots 30% from the floor. Um, you know, uh, Marcus Morris, a guy who is used to getting minutes in other locations um, and certainly got minutes down the stretch last year and showed that he was worthy of those minutes. And then Terry Rozier, who was in a contract year and looks like the best player on the Celtics right now through two preseason games. Again, another case of it's preseason. You know, media day, guys are saying all the right things. But as the season goes along, you kind of wonder. But then on the on the contrary, think about last year. I mean, we certainly hope we don't have two catastrophic injuries, but they really needed that depth last year, particularly with guys healing, particularly with the grind of 82 games. Uh, there's going to be a lot of nights where some of these guys are going to have to step up and, and really log some minutes for the Celtics. So it's a great problem to have. Uh, it's really unique to them, and I, I think they have the best bench in the league uh, pretty much by far. Um, so we'll see how Brad Stevens is able to deal with it. Yeah, and the man at the top, Brad Stevens, you said it. He's always been so good at kind of squeezing every ounce of talent out of every team from Butler, where he was, you know, recruiting across the Midwest against the major teams and doing very well, of course, going to the Final Four a couple years. And then he comes to the pros, and he does the same thing. He takes limited rosters and really squeezes the most out of them. But now, you know, the target's on the Celtics back a little bit. How does Stevens' mindset change, you think? Yeah, I mean, we've seen the win total for the Celtics team grow in every year of his tenure here. But the last couple of years, to me, have really been instructive about 
how Stevens has been able to change from the underdog coach to a guy who can coach with the big boys. Now, I've long said this is one of the top five coaches in the NBA. I'd say now it's probably inarguable to say that he's top three. Mm. And, you know, you might even say that him and him and Popper at the top of the heap. But as far as Brad, I mean, you know, 2016, he integrated Al Horford into this team and uh, they improved their win total again. 2017, uh, he was set to integrate both uh, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Winds up that the carpet's pulled out from under him, so you know, the expectations were kind of erased five minutes into the season, but still, Isaiah Thomas exits, a guy like Kyrie Irving, who is maybe a little high maintenance, come, more high maintenance comes in, and uh, they still have an amazing amount of success. Uh, although, I guess, in hindsight, Isaiah Thomas is pretty high maintenance, too. <laughs> so, you know, this year, with the target on the back thing, that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, some of the conversations that we had last year was like, ooh, Toronto, or, you know, ooh. I think ooh, you recall, the, the I think you recall what I said about Toronto, if you recall yeah. Cincinnati Bengals every year. Absolutely, yeah. and and you were, you were absolutely right about that. Um, the difference for them this year is that they have a playoff winner. Uh, at the head of their team in Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so we'll see how that how that prediction holds up this year. But as far as, far as Stevens goes, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, the target's on the Celtics' back. They're consider- the East is considered theirs right now, but they went seven with Milwaukee. Uh, you know, there were times where we definitely had questions about the success of this team, and everybody is going to be gunning for them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and it's mindset for the players as a fan. You know, growing up as a Mets fan, you get used to kind of losing, and 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 when your team's expected to win, in some ways, it's it's not as much fun. I find Sean. So so I'm hoping this season is still as much fun as it has been for Celtics fans when they were the underdog. And as Gordon Hayward told us, he was actually rooting for the team to lose last season, which I found. Uh, quite troubling, but the, the the big question is, Sean, of course, we're going to take your answer here. We're going to lock it up, put it in the vault, and we're going to hold you to it for the rest of your life. Win total this season, and where do the Celtics finish? 60-plus. I think that there's too much depth on this team for them to have uh, letdowns or losing streaks. That's assuming everybody stays healthy. I think even if you do lose a key player, they've got enough depth to pull down 60 wins. Um Yes, I do see them going to the NBA Finals this year. Am I as bullish on the idea of you know them hanging with Golden State as maybe some of the players themselves are, or at least they're talking themselves up to be? Uh, I don't know about that, but you know, I, I oh God, here we go. I'm going to get cliche. So let's go back to 2008 and Kevin Garnett and his uh, flubbed Adidas commercial spot uh, and said, "Anything is possible," because it is, man. I mean, I'm not sure we've it, ever done a show when Kevin Garnett hasn't come out of your mouth. <laughs> I mean, he, he holds a very special place in my heart. I mean, that that guy as he should be pumped. No doubt. The blood starts coursing through me when I start thinking about uh, Kevin Garnett and just how hyped he was about everything in life and being a Celtic. And, and right now, you know, early in the morning on a, on a Tuesday, I'm getting fired up thinking about Kevin Garnett, even though he doesn't play for the Celtics. But it brings me you know, right into that mindset where, wow, we're at the, the precipice of a season here where this team is, you know, it's not... It's not a shot in the dark here. The pundits are saying, you know, the Celtics are going to win the Eastern Conference this year. LeBron is gone. He's in L.A. Whatever happens over there, that's fine. He can go do that off, you know, on the <laughs> West Coast. And, uh, you know, it's time for another team to ascend. And, and I don't think this is a given at all. You know, Philly, uh, if Marco Fultz is 
got things right. They're a dangerous team. I mean, even though I, I can't stand some of the personalities on that team just because I'm always going to hate Philadelphia, um, you know, they're, they're a dangerous team. And, and Kawhi Leonard's in the East now. The, the Bucks are scrappy. They've got some familiarity with the Celtics. You've got the Pacers. I mean, uh, you know, any misstep could happen along the way, and uh, we could all be scratching our heads, but this gets me really excited. Sean, silver linings, silver giving everyone in the East a chance. Everyone can compete. I'll tell you what, I think the Celtics clean up in the Eastern Conference this year. Should be interesting. Kevin Garnett, carbon cocaine, as I call him. Cavs and Celtics tonight. Uh, what are you looking for in this game before we let you go? Anything? I'm looking for somebody to dunk on Tristan Thompson after he was like, oh, <laughs> we're the four-time defending Eastern Conference champions. I mean, kind of. Also, <laughs> you know, also how, uh, how Kevin Love, I guess, uh, you know, changes to, to being the superstar on this team after kind of being off on the sideline uh, just waiting for the ball to drop into his hands for the last few years. You know, beyond that, I mean, the Cavs, they're not a threat this year. Beyond that, for the Celtics, let's get another night of healthy reps for this team. Um, you know, let's let's see some of the guys that pulled it out in the fourth quarter the other night. You know, uh, Robert Williams, Gershon Yabaselli, let's see Semi Ojale uh, not go 0 for 7 from downtown. <laughs> um, you know, training, training camp and the preseason is about the little things, and for the Celtics, it's, it's health and development. All right, Sean Silver, 98.5, the sports sub at the Silver Fox on Twitter. Sean, we always appreciate your time. Enjoy the game. We will talk to you soon. Thank you kindly. You enjoy the game yourself. So the Celtics get their first look at the Cleveland Cavaliers without LeBron James tonight. The Cavs come to town for their first preseason game. Boston coming in 1-1 one one after they split the first two preseason affairs with Charlotte. The Celtics open the regular season two weeks from tonight at home against Philly. It'll be a raucous crowd on Causeway. As we wrap another episode of your favorite podcast, remember to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTG Basketball. That is a wealth of information, tons of great writers and contributors on that website, otgbasketball.com. A must visit for any hoop head. And at Celtics Express on the Twitter machine, we thank our producer, Teddy Tuhat, our legions of fans, Sean Silver, and of course, Dr. James Naismith. Until next time, remember kids, social media remembers everything. I'm your host, Jay Corwin. We'll see you at the garden.